You see, the reason I believe that God continues to bless First Priority is because First Priority goes into the schools and, and, and gets the kids involved as the kids should be involved. It's a student-led organization that God continues to open the doors to get in so the gospel can be preached in the chapels of the world. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Hello, welcome to the First Priority Podcast. I am glad that you are here. My name is Brad Skelling. I am your host today for this week and for the next two weeks. We are doing uh, a little mini series uh, from First Priority Spring Meeting in Decatur, Alabama. Uh, while we were at the spring meeting, I had asked uh, the board chair, I believe he's the board chair, board member from Decatur, Larry Way is his name, to uh, open our time together in a devotional. And then the next morning, I had asked Phil Springer, our director in First Priority North Alabama, uh, to lead a devotion as well. And so for the next two weeks, you're going to hear these stories, um, these devotionals, if you will, uh, from Larry and from Phil. So today, uh, we're going to hear from Larry Way. Larry has a ministry mind. He has a business mind. He's entrepreneurial. Uh, he opened the Entrepreneurial Center in Decatur, Alabama, ran that, coached business people uh, into launching new companies. Um, he's done a lot of things. He's currently an executive pastor for Decatur Baptist Church. Uh, he's been very involved with First Party for a long way, good friends with Larry Franks. It's fun to see the two of them in a room um, encouraging each other and giving each other a hard time at the same time. And so uh, Larry's just been a friend for a long time. I'm excited for you to listen in on the devotion that he opened our time with in Decatur. So without further ado, here's Larry. You go back to God and go, yeah. So what, what else did, what did you want me to say? Something else? Because obviously, you know, are you sure you wanted me to talk about this? But uh, he confirmed it. And so I'm going to share it with you. Uh, and it's, uh, it's certainly something that, that we as leaders need. Uh, I don't know that we, uh, we like to deal with these things, but, uh, as I was reading through Kings this year, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's something that, that the Lord laid on my heart. So, uh, if you have an electronic device or you have your Bible, whatever you want to read Testament. with me, Kings, first Kings chapter eight, I'm going to read a few verses and then we're going to. Look at some stuff out of 10 and 11, but in, uh, in 1 Kings 8, uh, verse 54, talking about Solomon as he becomes king, and so he's blessing the people as he takes over, and it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven, and he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us. That he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. And let these my words, wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord, be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times as the matter shall require. That all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God 
and that there is none else. Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. If you would, just let me pray, and uh, then I'll share with you what God's laid on my heart. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we have that absolute authority that we can stand on. Thank you, Father, for your indwelling Holy Spirit that teaches us and guides us. And Father, I just pray that you would anoint my lips right now to, to share the things that you've laid on my heart as a challenge to those of us who hold positions of leadership, that people look up to us as leaders regardless of what our titles may be. And Father, that, uh, that, that you would speak to our hearts and teach us today in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. So it was an incredible day for the nation of Israel. Uh, you know, the declaration that Solomon made, it was, it was, uh, it was a, a wonderful time. Here Solomon, you know, had united the kingdom and, and things were going really good. And he was putting God exactly where God said he should be first in priority. His declaration, his personal uh, commitment and sacrifice and worship before all the people, setting the example for them. Uh, was doing things right, and then stands up and makes this declaration. You know, it's like, man, we are starting this thing right. God's first. God's always going to be first. May he always be first in our hearts and in our lives and our thoughts. And, and may this exactly be the way God wanted it to be. He's never failed us. Don't let us ever fail him. And so we can, we can see from that, that that Solomon certainly started out right. And a lot of times when we get opportunities placed before us, you know, and every one of you, as you've gone around the table, you made mention of God did this and God directed this and God opened this door and, and God placed me here. And, and you know, you, you're acknowledging the leadership of God in your life and, 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 and rightfully so. And we start out that way and we make a strong commitment and, you know, our hearts are right where they are. But far too often in your life, my life, in the lives of people that we know, that doesn't always stay true. And unfortunately, that was the way it happened with Solomon as well. You know, as you go on and you read through 1 Kings, in chapter 10, we find Solomon as a perfect type of Christ. And as you study through the scriptures and you look at types, in chapter 10, you see Solomon as a perfect picture, a perfect type of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and things are continuing to go like they should. But then when you get to chapter 11, you find Solomon is a perfect type of the Antichrist. And he's one, of the, he's one of the examples in all of the Bible that you could list if you list types of Christ and types of Antichrist. He ends up on both lists. And, you know, it's, it, Adam is one, perfect type of Christ, perfect type of the Antichrist. Solomon, perfect type of Christ, perfect type of the Antichrist. What in the world happened between 1 Kings chapter 8, 9, and 10 and then what we read in chapter 11 and the problems and the downfall. And I just, I wanna challenge you to realize that what happened to Solomon can happen to any one of us, can happen to any leader that we might have influence over. It can happen to us. So I just made four little notes. I'm sure there are more, but there's four things that I see in the life of Solomon that could directly happen to us as well. First of all, I believe Solomon became preoccupied with himself. He became preoccupied with him. And when you read through and you realize how many years and how much effort he went to build the temple that David couldn't build, God didn't allow him, but said, your son will. 
So Solomon goes through and he builds his temple. And then you read, yeah, but it took me twice as much time, twice as much effort, and twice the size to build my own house. And when you just stop and think about that, God's first. Well, not really. I'm first. My house is going to be twice as big and twice as ritzy and twice as fancy and twice as much timber and twice as much ivory and twice as much. And, and it's going to take me twice as long to build it. And man, I'm going to have a house and the world's going to come and see it. And so he became somehow preoccupied with himself, spending way too much focus on me, 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 on my life. We don't have a life outside of Christ. But for the grace of God, we have nothing. And if we don't remind ourselves every day, as God gives you another day, I challenge you to start every day and recognize, Lord, today is only here because you've given it to me. Yeah. The health I have is because you've given it to me. You know, when you go through something like Larry has in, in cancer, and I remember when he went through that, I mean, it was, it was a major, major wake-up call for Larry. I mean, it just... It, it changed his whole mindset. And so when he says, well, you know, the board convinced me to, no, nah. the Lord convinced him, you can continue to work as a youth pastor here, or I can move you here and use you to have an impact on a much greater area of impact kids. And, you know, every day, Years and years ago, I was involved in an accident and saw myself going underneath the corner of a school bus and the, and the fender ended up through the windshield stopping 12 inches from my forehead. And that day, the, the, the things flashed through and I was at a crossroads in my life at that time. And the Lord used that as a wake-up call and every day since. Like, Lord, there's no reason for me to be here outside of you giving me this grace. You've given me today. When COVID came, I fought COVID for over 100 days. There was a time when I didn't know if I was ever going to get past that thing. Fortunately, I didn't ever end up in the, in the hospital. And I know people are a whole lot worse. Many died because of that. But again, it was just another one of those reminders. So you have today, Larry, what are you going to do with it? Never stay focused on yourself, but always focused on him. Solomon, number one step, I think, that causes downfall. The second thing Solomon had an unhealthy attraction to the opposite sex. He had an unhealthy attraction to the opposite sex. It was self-serving. There wasn't any godly reason for him to have that attitude, that mindset, that, that, that focus, that attraction. There wasn't anything that brought honor and glory to God through any of that, through all his wives and all his concubines. It was all self-serving, and you find that he ended up with this woman and this woman and this woman, in order to bring more into the nation, yeah. he justified it as, I'm growing the kingdom. Yeah. Let me just stop and say this. Be careful in the decisions you make under the guise of growing the kingdom. That's a great way to make a compromise. Mm -hmm. And Solomon, in order to grow the kingdom, compromised with one king after another mm -hmm. and bringing in the whim of those kingdom. And, and, and in God, and Solomon's case, they were ungodly women. They weren't, they weren't godly women or they weren't women that he proposed to have a godly influence on because we learned that they changed his heart. And in his own mind, he may have said, oh man, we'll have a godly influence on them and 
because we have a godly influence on them, then we can influence their kingdom or their people. No, it doesn't happen that way. You don't, you don't have a godly influence on people by making ungodly compromises in your life. And his attraction, his unhealthy attraction to the opposite sex caused a downfall. And it will cause a major downfall in our life. I said, I'm working on 50 years. Probably the saddest thing that I have to look back on in my years of ministry are the men and women that at one point I sat around a table with and they could no longer sit around the table because of an unhealthy attraction to the opposite sex that drove them to fall into sin. And it's sad. And the only thing I can say is, but for the grace of God yeah. and, and, and his absolute word, it could happen to any one of us. Right. If we don't put that guard in front of us, we don't set up those accountability factors it will happen, especially in our world today. It's everywhere. You see it with the kids you minister to. Sure. You challenge them. Mm -hmm. God forbid that we would challenge them and fall into the same sin. Mm -hmm. The third thing I saw in Solomon was this inordinate accumulation of wealth. Mm -hmm. An inordinate accumulation of wealth. It, it wasn't that wealth was bad. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that says wealth is bad. Thank God we have some men that God and women that God has blessed across this country with some significant wealth that at this point are stepping up and saying, we are behind first priority and we're going to help with the expansion and, and, and we're going to help bring this about because of the way God has blessed us. We're going to turn around and use that to further the gospel of Christ. But I'm telling you, you know the love of money. The love of money is the root. And it's that inordinate affection. You notice when you, when, when you go through in reading Kings, it says that he acquired 666 talents of gold per year. Well, if you know anything about the scripture, that number is always associated with the spirit of the Antichrist. Go back to 1 John chapter four, that number 666 is always the spirit of the Antichrist. And the fact that God recorded that in the Old Testament is not a mistake. Solomon made the accumulation of wealth a God in his life that didn't need to be there. Instead of acknowledging God who brought the wealth, he focused on the wealth and made it his God and brought it in every year. So that then when the people came and said, hey, we want to see what's going on here. What did he do? He paraded them all around this wealth that he had accumulated. Oh, yes, he was known for the wisdom that God gave him but he didn't use that wisdom in all areas like he should. And if we're not careful, we start making decisions about our life and our career and our family, all based on the accumulation of wealth. Instead of Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. He's not ever gonna leave his kids starving. And so we need to make sure that we don't fall into that trap of Solomon as leaders. And then the fourth thing, is he had a connection to Egypt. And Egypt is always a type of the world. Yeah. It's a type of sin. And he had a connection to Egypt that he established, he developed, and he had it in his own little private way. I got a connection to Egypt. And you know, anytime you read about the kings of Israel or the kings of Judah, anytime that they had a connection to Egypt, mm -hmm. it was their plan B. Mm. Hey, if God doesn't come through... I got my buddy down here in Egypt. That's true. If God doesn't come through and deliver us, 
We got the king in Egypt here that we've got a partnership. And over and over and over again, I was just reading here today in 2 Kings, and it, you know, the king of Assyria came and says, you, you think you got partners with that little flea bag down there in Egypt? Well, he's nothing compared to my army and what I'm going to do. But in that case, Hezekiah goes, I'm not worrying about the king of Egypt. I got almighty God on my side. And God delivered them. Solomon, though, had this connection with the world that was his plan B. You know, I've got, I got a retirement plan going on, or I've got this going on, or, you know, I've got, I, I got a connection over here. And, I, and folks, listen, either you make the declaration like Solomon did in chapter eight and say, the Lord, he's God, he's the king, he's the ruler, he's the one in charge, and he's the one I trust. Or you say, this is plan A. I'm going to connect with the world. And the connection to Egypt was just overwhelming because that's plan A. And, and the bottom line is great strides have been made and God gained great victories and praise the Lord for that. But if we're not careful, we look at our connection to Egypt as a solution and just ask God to bless it instead of making sure that it's God that's the leader of that and we move forward. You know, one of the things I don't read in Solomon about Solomon is that he followed Deuteronomy 17, 6, which said, when a king became king of Israel, the first thing he was to do is to make a handwritten copy of the word of God. And you don't find that anywhere in Solomon's life, that he did what God said and made a handwritten copy of the word of God. And that was so that it permeated their heart and their mind and their soul. Now, obviously, he knew a lot because of who his dad was but not what God intended him to learn. And so let me just challenge us to make sure that you never, ever, ever forego spending time in this book. Personal time, your time, you and the Lord and your personal relationship. You know, one of the biggest problems in the ministry, uh, full-time ministry like I've been in, is that you spend, I mean, I spend hours. I'm teaching on Thursday nights through the book of 1 Corinthians. It's really the first time I've ever gone through it in, in verse by verse. I'm spending hours every week studying that. I teach a doctrine class in our Bible Institute on Sunday nights. So it's easy for me to spend 16 hours a week studying for those two classes alone. And, and I'm in the Word. But man, it's not the same. It's not, it's not the same as that quiet time that God wants me to have and that I want to have with Him. And if you get so tied up in your ministry and the busyness of your schedule and, and, and involved in people, and, and you know, pretty soon we start justifying, ah, oh, man, I missed today. Well, maybe I missed tomorrow. Well, then it becomes a week and then it becomes, and you know, somebody ought to walk up and say, where did you read in the word today? What did you read in the book this morning? What did, what did God show you from his word this morning? Where were you reading today? And if you can, if you walk out the doors of your house without having spent time like that, I would challenge you, change your time in the morning. I don't care how early I got to get up. If I don't get up first thing and spend time in this book, it doesn't happen. Satan makes sure <laughs> that right. everything in the world goes wrong and I never get there. And I don't know about you. Maybe you can. Everybody's different. <laughs> Me sitting down in the last thing at night, I read the last hour of every day, but I'm not reading this. I'm reading something that if I fall asleep, 
and I don't remember what I read, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this doesn't qualify. That's right. You know, this 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 is not my nighttime pill where I read down and I'm just going to read until my head hits the table. I, I guess I'll go to bed. All right. It's got to be for me. It's got to be first thing in the morning. And I challenge you, don't do what Solomon did. Make sure that you spend time in his word. Okay. Hope that's been encouraging. God bless you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Well, thanks, Larry, for sharing with us at the meeting and for being willing to share this message with our podcast audience as well. It is very encouraging. Uh, It's very revealing to us uh, to write down Solomon was the perfect type of Christ. Solomon was the perfect type of Antichrist. Chapter 10, chapter 11, a big difference there uh, between those two moments and just being aware that we need to be aware and, and walking through life closely with Jesus each and every step of the way. So thank you for sharing with us and thanks everyone for listening into this podcast. I hope that you learned something. I hope that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus because of what uh, you heard today. Take some time, process through this information and hopefully it can help you take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States because of this podcast today. So uh, feel free as uh, you listen to this. If you were encouraged, share this with others, share this with your friends, with your family, uh, somebody who you also think might need that. It helps gets the word out about Jesus. It also helps get the word out about First Priority. So thank you for, for interacting with us online, however you do that, giving us five-star reviews or sharing this on Facebook or YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, just thank you for being a part of the First Party family and having a heart to take the hope of Christ to every student. So thanks for listening in. Until next week, when we get to hear a little bit more from Phil Springer. Uh, many of you probably don't know Phil, but uh, he's been a good friend for a long time, and I'm excited for you to hear what he had to say and share a little bit of his story with First Priority and coming into First Priority. So until next week, thanks for listening.